This is the Bible in one year, day 273. Bounce it back up. It was one of the most moving and powerful testimonies I have ever encountered. A former sex worker, drug addict and dealer described how she'd reached a point at which, in her own words, she was dead. She said her blood was black and her heart was black. She described how she came on Alpha and heard that Jesus loved her so much that he died for her. She described how this had broken the concrete of her heart. She experienced God's love for her for the first time. Remarkably, she has even been able to forgive those who did her harm and is now radiating the love of Christ. After she'd given her testimony to a stunned congregation, I went up to thank her and said how extraordinarily powerful it had been. She replied, I need to bounce it back up. I didn't understand what she meant. I asked her to explain. She said, it's all grace. I need to bounce the glory back to him. She had a profound understanding of grace, glory, and what it means to be Christ-like. The theme of glory runs through each of today's readings. We see why, how, and when to bounce the glory back up to God. From Psalm 115 Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory, because of your love and faithfulness. Why do the nations say, Where is their God? Our God is in heaven. He does whatever pleases him. But their idols are silver and gold made by human hands. They have mouths but cannot speak, eyes but cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear, noses but cannot smell. They have hands but cannot feel, feet but cannot walk. Nor can they utter a sound with their throats. Those who make them will be like them, and so will all who trust in them. All you Israelites... Trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. House of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. You who fear him, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. Why glorify God? When people praised John Wimber because of a talk he'd given or a healing that had happened through his ministry, he used to say, I'll take the encouragement but I'll pass the glory on. The psalmist gives us a great example of passing the glory on, bouncing it back to God. He starts, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. He goes on to give two reasons why you should glorify and worship God. First, because of our experience of God's love and faithfulness. Worship is a response to what God has done for you. Give him all the glory. Second, because you become like that which you worship. Those who make them will be like them, and so will all who trust in them. So, if we worship idols, we become totally useless, unable to do anything of any value. Put your trust in the Lord, who is your help and shield. Put your faith in the Lord and worship him, and you will become like him you'll be changed into his likeness and obtain fullness of life. Lord, 
my help and shield. Help me to experience more of your love and faithfulness, to bounce it back up and to give you all the glory. New Testament from Philippians 1 and 2 Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. Philippians chapter 2 Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. How to Glorify God Paul explains how you can glorify God by becoming like God. Jesus. Think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. Become Christ-like in attitude because of concern for the name of Jesus and the glory of God. Live a life worthy of the gospel of Christ. It is a privilege not only to believe in Jesus, but also to suffer and struggle for him. When people or events come against you, stand firm in unity against all the opposition and attacks that you are bound to encounter. The language Paul used is that of a phalanx, the most formidable military device of antiquity. With shields together and spears out front, the soldiers stood shoulder to shoulder in files eight men deep. As long as they did not break rank, they were virtually invincible. Stand united singular in vision, contending for people's trust in the message, the good news, not flinching or dodging in the slightest before the opposition. Your courage and unity will show them what they're up against. Defeat for them, victory for you, and both 
because of God. A Christ-like attitude is the key to this unity. Any disunity in the church would have detracted from Paul's joy. Disunity so often comes from selfish ambition and vain conceit. The key is to consider others better than yourself. To look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. In other words, you have to have the same attitude as Jesus, who let go of his natural, legal and social status and made himself nothing. He took the very nature of a servant. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. He took the path of downward mobility, humble service and unselfish love. If you're ever anxious about your relative status, remember that Jesus made himself lower than we could ever imagine. And as a result, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is how you can glorify God, by following Christ in his humble service and selfless love. Lord, help me to have the same attitude as Jesus. Help me to take the path that brings glory to God the Father. Help me always to bounce the glory back to you. Old Testament from Jeremiah 1 and 2 The words of Jeremiah Son of Hilkiah, one of the priests at Anathoth in the territory of Benjamin. The word of the Lord came to him in the thirteenth year of the reign of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah, and through the reign of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, down to the fifth month of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, son of Josiah, king of Judah, when the people of Jerusalem went into exile. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to, and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? I see the branch of an almond tree, I replied. The Lord said to me, You have seen correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. The word of the Lord came to me again. What do you see? I see a pot that is boiling, I answered. It is tilting towards us from the north. The Lord said to me, from the north, 
disaster will be poured out on all who live in the land. I am about to summon all the peoples of the northern kingdoms, declares the Lord. Their kings will come and set up their thrones in the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem. They will come against all her surrounding walls and against all the towns of Judah. I will pronounce my judgments on my people because of their wickedness in forsaking me, in burning incense to other gods and in worshipping what their hands have made. Get yourself ready. Stand up and say to them whatever I command you. Do not be terrified by them, or I will terrify you before them. Today I have made you a fortified city, an iron pillar and a bronze wall to stand against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but will not overcome you, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 2 The word of the Lord came to me. Go and proclaim in the hearing of Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says. I remember the devotion of your youth, how as a bride you loved me and followed me through the wilderness, through a land not sown. Israel was holy to the Lord, the first fruits of his harvest. All who devoured her were held guilty, and disaster overtook them, declares the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord, you descendants of Jacob, all you clans of Israel. This is what the Lord says. What fault did your ancestors find in me, that they strayed so far from me? They followed worthless idols and became worthless themselves. They did not ask, Where is the Lord who brought us up out of Egypt and led us through the barren wilderness, through a land of deserts and ravines, a land of drought and utter darkness, a land where no one travels and no one lives? I brought you into a fertile land to eat its fruit and rich produce. But you came and defiled my land and made my inheritance detestable. The priests did not ask, Where is the Lord? Those who deal with the law did not know me. The leaders rebelled against me. The prophets prophesied by Baal, following worthless idols. Therefore I bring charges against you again, declares the Lord, and I will bring charges against your children's children. Cross over to the coasts of Cyprus and look. Send to Kedar and observe closely. See if there has ever been anything like this. Has a nation ever changed its gods? Yet they are not gods at all. But my people have exchanged their glorious god for worthless idols. Be appalled at this, you heavens, and shudder with great horror, declares the Lord. My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns, that cannot hold water. Is Israel a servant, a slave by birth? Why then has he become plunder? Lions have roared, they have growled at him, they have laid waste his land, his towns are burned and deserted. Also, the men of Memphis and Tarpanes have cracked your skull. 
Have you not brought this on yourselves by forsaking the Lord your God when he led you in the way? Now, why go to Egypt to drink water from the Nile? And why go to Assyria to drink water from the Euphrates? Your wickedness will punish you. Your backsliding will rebuke you. Consider then and realize how evil and bitter it is for you when you forsake the Lord your God and have no awe of me, declares the Lord, the Lord Almighty. Long ago you broke off your yoke and tore off your bonds. You said, I will not serve you. Indeed, on every high hill and under every spreading tree, you lay down as a prostitute. I had planted you like a choice vine of sound and reliable stock. How then did you turn against me into a corrupt wild vine? Although you wash yourself with soap and use an abundance of cleansing powder, the stain of your guilt is still before me declares the Sovereign Lord. How can you say, I am not defiled, I have not run after the Baals? See how you behaved in the valley. Consider what you have done. You are a swift she-camel, running here and there, a wild donkey accustomed to the desert, sniffing the wind in her craving. In her heat, who can restrain her? Any males that pursue her need not tire themselves. At mating time they will find her. Do not run until your feet are bare and your throat is dry. But you said, It's no use, I love foreign gods, and I must go after them. As a thief is disgraced when he is caught, so the people of Israel are disgraced. They, their kings and their officials, their priests and their prophets. They say to wood, you are my father, and to stone, you gave me birth. They have turned their backs to me and not their faces. Yet when they are in trouble, they say, come and save us. Where then are the gods you made for yourselves? Let them come if they can save you when you are in trouble. For you, Judah, have as many gods as you have towns. Why do you bring charges against me? You have all rebelled against me, declares the Lord. In vain I punished your people. They did not respond to correction. Your sword has devoured your prophets like a ravenous lion. When to glorify God? What happens when troubles, difficulties and disruption come into your life and the lives of those around you? Jeremiah lived in one of the troubled periods in Israel's history, the fall of Jerusalem in 587 BC and the exile in Babylon. He was given a difficult message to give to the people. He did it with great courage in the face of hostility and persecution. The opening chapters of Jeremiah show two more ways that you can glorify God and when you can do so. First, you glorify God when you respond to God's call. Age is no barrier to leadership. Jeremiah was probably a teenager when God called him around the year 627 BC. He could be described as both a born leader and a born prophet. Before his birth, he was set apart to be a prophet. God said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew and approved of you. And before you were born, I separated and set you apart. 
I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. God knows all about you, the good and the bad. His knowing leaves nothing out. He loves you. He does not necessarily approve of everything you do, but he wants you to live like Jeremiah with the freedom of knowing his love and approval. The Lord tells you, as he told Jeremiah, to go wherever he tells you to go and say whatever he tells you to say. This takes the ultimate responsibility off your shoulders. Glorifying God does not mean having to try to save the whole world. That's God's responsibility. But rather doing what God asks you to do. This will not be easy. God warns that there will be opposition. Second, you glorify God when you respond to God's correction. God asked Jeremiah to warn the people against worshipping worthless idols and call them back to worshipping him. Jeremiah said, my people have exchanged their glory for worthless idols. Not only does this deny God the glory he deserves, it is actually self-destructive. When we turn away from God, we lose the blessings of relationship with him and replace it with something useless. God laments how my people have forsaken me the spring of living water and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. In particular, they were on the hunt for sex, sex and more sex, insatiable, indiscriminate, promiscuous. They were addicted and could not quit. Again, we see that you become like whatever you worship. Those who follow worthless idols become worthless themselves. If you follow Jesus, you become like him. If we try to find satisfaction, meaning and purpose through our own ambitions and self-centered appetites, our lives become of no value. Jeremiah despaired that God's people had not responded to his correction. They had forsaken his blessings and failed to give him glory. Thank God that the remedy for all this came in the person of Jesus, who set aside his glory in order to rescue us to him be all the glory. Lord, help me to fix my eyes on Jesus, the spring of living water, and to turn my face towards him. May I become Christ-like and give you all the glory. Pepper adds, Jeremiah 1 verse 11 says, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, What do you see, Jeremiah? Jeremiah says, I see the branch of an almond tree. The Lord came to me. You have seen correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. God uses pictures to speak to us. They can be so comforting, encouraging and memorable. I find it a little daunting if I think I have a picture in a meeting. It's easy to discount it or think that somebody else has a better one or maybe I made it up anyway. But if we do speak up and bring that word, it might be the very thing that somebody needs to hear and it might transform their lives.